This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Nast Traveler. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sally Aracoglu. Hello. This week, we're kicking off our special three-episode series, I Deserve This, which celebrates all the ways we travel for ourselves, whether it's by furthering our education, finding a private slice of peace and quiet, or simply spending those hard-earned savings guilt-free. It's a surprise episode that will pop up in your feed every so often on a Friday, so keep your eyes peeled and be sure to subscribe. For our first chat, we're joined all the way from Bali by photographer and visual journalist Marlon Fezahai, who has worked and photographed in over 30 countries. Marlon's work is beautiful and moving, often exploring issues of displacement around the world. And we wanted to sit down with her to talk all about how travel and creativity are intertwined. So first question right off the bat, what is it that drew you to photography as a way of storytelling in the first place? So I really got into photography in high school. I was very dyslectic as a kid, and so school wasn't I wasn't bad in school, but it was definitely something that I struggled with. And I remember taking a photo class, I think it was probably like eighth or seventh grade. And it was the first thing that I felt like I was kind of good at. And that made me feel really good. And I became really obsessed with it and just went to my mom and begged her to buy me a little DSLR camera and just became kind of possessed by it at like 16, 15. When you say that you sort of became possessed by your camera, what was it about being behind that lens or holding it in your hands that made you feel that way? I don't know. There's this Swedish photographer who uh, has this really beautiful quote uh, that says like, the photography is about that 100th of a second that you're always longing to go back to and for me it was like kind of trying to hold on to these like bits and pieces of our youth and I was also somebody who was like very into what happens around the world and a lot of my friends were immigrants at the time and I grew up learning about the world from my friends because a lot of my friends were from Kurdistan, Iran, Pakistan, the different parts of Africa and I would always hear about their family history and how they came to Sweden and my own uh, family history. So I definitely knew that I wanted to combine photography with current events and use it as a way of storytelling. You, you cover a lot of issues 
like displacement and the refugee crisis, which we kind of mentioned before, but you also capture, you know, surfers in Senegal and the rituals of Swedish Midsommar. And I think when you talk about taking portraits of your friends when you were younger, like that definitely still is at play in the types of photographs that you're taking today. How do you prioritize photographing subjects that feel important to you now since you're not necessarily taking photos of your immediate best friend group? Yeah. For me, it's always been important to kind of like work in different kinds of projects. And I think sometimes that might not be the best thing career-wise because I think sometimes people want to put you in like one little box oh, this is Malin and she does this one thing. And for me, it's always been important to kind of like branch out and try different things and tell different kinds of stories because I feel like we live in a world that's very complex and there's happiness, there's sadness, there's uh, very serious issues and light issues. And yeah, and especially when it comes to telling stories in Africa, I think these like everyday stories often get overlooked and it's not only a continent filled with despair and misery, there's also a lot of culture and cultural stories happening. So I also want to be a part of capturing that and putting that uh, that message out there in the world. To that point of you saying you wanted to, you know, use the power of your camera to capture those things. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but documentary photography to me still seems like a very white male dominated space. How do you use your camera to not only advocate for yourself when you're working and when you're traveling, but also to advocate for the stories of the people you're photographing? It's funny because like, I feel like 10 years ago, I remember feeling a bit daunting in that way, because yeah, like you said, like it was majority white males doing this but I don't know at the same time I didn't really let it intimidate me that much it it was interesting because I had this moment with a colleague friend of mine who he was giving an interview and I just realized he just takes up space in a way that like I don't or never felt entitled to and like once that little light went off in my head a lot of things changed for me because I realized that a lot of times especially women and also people of color sometimes make themselves like oh like look at my pictures and like here sorry I'm alive and like I instead of like taking space in the room which they should be able to do and like they have a right to take that space um and it took me a while to kind of learn that I used to think that you had to earn to take up space but I don't even think that that's what it's about I think it's really about feeling like this is what you want to do and either people are going to understand what you're doing or they're not and that is okay but you have to kind of make a choice for yourself like this is what I feel passionate about and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to take up space in this room. You know, you were talking earlier about not wanting to feel pigeonholed and really exploring every curiosity um, or creative direction that you're feeling. Do you feel like that's part of your way of taking up more space? Yeah, in a way, uh, because I've definitely felt 
sometimes that people are, because I'm a woman, because I'm a person of color, they're trying to push certain stories at you. And some of it I understand, but some of it I find it a bit annoying sometimes because I feel like I should be able to also just be a photographer. If people always talk about this narrative of, for example, African photographers telling their own stories, and I think that's great, but my dream is for an Nigerian photographer to go to Russia and tell a story. Like, that's where my dream is. And I understand that we have to go through the evolution of things, and like, but that's where I want to end up eventually. Because, yeah, people should be able to tell whatever stories they want to tell. And the world of journalism needs to open up to different kinds of people. And I think they're learning how to do that. But then also, we need to take it even the step further than that. I think it's really interesting what you're saying about how exciting it would be to say have a Nigerian photographer documenting life in Russia. And I'm wondering, you know, when you've been on your travels, which have been so extensive, what have been some of the sort of totally unknown territories for you that you've ventured into to photograph and seen it in a way that you haven't seen documented before? And I've seen it in, you know, it took you going into that place to get an understanding of it through your own eyes. I did a story in Eritrea uh, when Eritrea and Ethiopia made peace for the first time uh, in 20 years. And I did a story from the New York Times about the reunification of families that have been split up because of the war. And... I, I mean, I always say that, like, anybody can really tell anybody's story and, like, all these things. But that particular story, because of the background that I have, because of the connection that I have to those two countries, I think I was able to tell it in a certain way that I don't think a normal journalist would have told that story. But there's definitely stories that I've worked on that I might not have a personal connection to, but I still want to tell that story. So all of that kind of varies. But it's like I, I got into journalism because I wanted to tell other people's stories. And I always see whatever I'm working on, whether it's in so-called my communities or other communities, I still see it as other people's stories. Because unless like you're taking selfies, you're telling somebody else's story. So the responsibility that comes with that is the same for everyone. You know, right now, obviously, you're not traveling as much as you usually would be. What are you missing the most? Or rather, what really creative trip are you looking back on to bring you joy right now? Right now, I miss different places in Africa so much. And like I'm not used to like I, I'm always like either in Ethiopia or somewhere in West Africa and I miss the continent so much uh, and I was just in Ghana in December because they did this whole event there which was called the year of return and a lot of my friends and people from the diaspora just gathered there and they had all these concerts and like I just remember being out photographing and it was just so colorful and beautiful and seeing all my friends. It almost feels like we got away with something before everything just became 
this new reality that we're all trying to adjust to. Life doesn't come with an instruction manual, but the Life Kit podcast gets you pretty close. Whether we're helping you tackle life-altering questions or just your everyday pickles, we've got deeply human solutions to your deeply human problems. Listen now to the Life Kit podcast from NPR. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to level up? For me, it's my hiking boots, which have gotten me over some pretty tough terrain. And I'm not talking about my morning commute on the New York City subway. They've pushed me to go to far-off places like trekking in the remote mountains in Patagonia, wildlife spotting amid the thick rainforest of the Amazon, and climbing through canyons in the Utah desert. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. There's an available panorama glass roof, 33-inch all-terrain tires, and multi-terrain select driving modes. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior means that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium, Apple Card, or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. From sort of before and then also kind of looking ahead to when we do start to dip our toes into travel and kind of finding joy in that again. And, you know, we might not be in massive groups of our friends in Ghana, but hopefully we will be starting to head that way. Yeah. When you're not on assignment, how do the personal trips you take or the sort of downtime you find in these travel experiences kind of still help fuel your creativity and or have there been any trips you've taken that haven't been for work but you've kind of specifically taken to like challenge yourself in some way or that you'd like to yeah uh I took a few trips like in December just for myself because I wanted to learn how to surf yeah, it's still something that I'm working on. I'm, I still suck at it, <laughs> but it's like something that I love, love, love. And it's also, I don't know, participating in this whole like surfing culture that exists. I photographed it before in Senegal, but also like uh, I surfed in Sri Lanka. I've surfed in um, the Philippines. I've surfed in Bali and just the camaraderie that surround it and just like, being out in the ocean, it's just, I love it so much. And it's definitely my new favorite hobby. And it challenges me a lot because the learning curve for it is very steep. But it's like my new love of life, basically. All our brains are so busy and anxious and distracted right now. I imagine being on a surfboard is very meditative in that you have to focus on a soul activity yeah no and also like sometimes the waves are a little bit too high and you feel like you're going to die so, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> so 
especially like oh my god like and when I'm out there I'm like I love this so much and then like I just crash and I'm like I'm too old for this what am I doing (laughs) do you feel like it's given you a newfound appreciation for all those surfers that you've been photographing over the years oh my god yes 100% and like surf photographers I have so much respect for them and it's such a hard sport and surf photography it is not easy at all um trying to capture moments in such like quick instances and like and when you're in the water other people in the water it just it's moves so quickly and like even trying to see <laughs> it's like a challenge uh so i have so much newfound respect for them do you think there's anything that you've learned in surfing recently that you feel like you'll apply to photography when we get back out into the world? I would say what's similar about photography and surfing for me is like when I'm doing photography, I get in the zone and I'm so focused on it. And it's the same thing in surfing. Like when you get on that wave, you're so focused on it. And like, you're just in this zone that's just magical. Yeah, I mean, a cheesy kind of metaphor but surfing is like, there will always be waves, but you, you just got to learn how to surf them. And that's like the same thing with life and like trying to work through things and like the ups and downs of things. I don't know, during this period, people put a lot of pressure on themselves of like being productive and like uh, feeling bad if they're not accomplishing something. And I just feel like people should kind of give themselves a bit of a break. Because it's like, if you get through the day and you feel somewhat okay, I think you've made it. And this whole like busy, busy New York grind kind of needs to take a break a little bit. I think something that maybe Lale and I can relate to you on is that as writers, we treat creativity as like a store like there's not an endless amount of it like it obviously goes down and then you feel like totally drained and obviously right now during this time that store is feeling pretty drained how do you in a way that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be productive or creating content or photographs or whatever how do you refill that store of creativity for future productivity or whatever you want to call it I think sometimes when, I don't know, for example, when I've kind of felt down and out about photography, I've like, just felt like, okay, now I'm going to try something completely different just to give myself a mental break from this thing. So like, I don't know, during one period I took like acting classes, uh, not because I wanted to be an actress, just because I wanted to turn on my head in a different way. And then it gave me a break a little bit. It's kind of like watching the kettle cook sometimes, like sometimes nothing comes out of it. So like if you step away from it and then like come back to it, you have this like new fuel of energy. And so I definitely think that sometimes it's good to just venture out and like try new things. And right now when people have been so cooped up in their apartments and stuff, you're just sitting your, with yourself and your thoughts and probably being really hard on yourself. I mean, that's something that I'm trying to learn myself. It's like you do want to push yourself, but you don't want to exhaust yourself and like finding that line, you know? I do actually think, though, that boredom is like the birthplace of creativity. And 
even though people are at home and are bored, you're going to be forced into doing things that you normally wouldn't do. And so I do think that there, there is an opportunity in that. And it might not reveal itself right now, but I think later on it definitely will. You know, you mentioned surfing and acting classes. Are there any things that you've done on personal trips or on assignment that were that exact thing being like, okay, I'm just going to like do something completely different right now because I like need that newness. Can you talk about a few trips or times that you've specifically done that? I mean, it's like, cause I travel for work for a while. I realized that I find myself kind of being a really boring tourist whenever I travel because I'm not really into like going to see tourist sites or whatever, like, or I'm not a backpacker, definitely not. I've been more of a person who's like, I might pick a place like, oh, Zanzibar, and I'll go and spend like two weeks there and just stay in one place and get to know that one place and get comfortable there. Yeah, I think the fashion fascination with traveling for me is finding like a normal, ordinary day and having a routine somewhere else. That for me is like the most amazing thing about traveling. Being in Addis Ababa and having my coffee place that I go to, going to see my friends for lunch or like just having my routine somewhere like that for me is like, okay, now I finally arrived here. I don't like the kind of traveling where it's like, oh, I I saw the mountain, now I left. Like, that's not uh, the thing that kind of drives me. It's more like really getting to know a place, really getting to know people and like understanding kind of where I'm at and just experiencing a ordinary, normal day. Um, When you were talking earlier about the challenges of feeling creative when you're stuck at home, as most of us have been. I really related to that. And I think, you know, I found it at times really hard to write or want to write when I'm not seeing anything new each day or experiencing anything new. And I found that I've ended up turning to other people's work, whether it is writing or photography or podcasts to like actually start to inspire myself again. And, uh, you know, when you when I read something really great, whether it's a piece of travel writing or if it's a piece of fiction and I'm like, God, I love that and I want to do that. And now I feel kind of motivated to do it again. Have there been photographers, particularly women photographers, that you've been turning to in this time or in general to kind of get some inspiration and sort of who should we be following? Interestingly enough, during this time period, I've tried to like cut down a little bit on my social media. But in general, I would say Diana Mercosian is an amazing photographer that I follow and I know very well. Um, Hannah Reyes Morales is a Filipino photographer who does amazing work. Yeah, I mean, I guess also it's been a bit strange being all the way here in Indonesia and following all the social upheaval that's been happening with like Black Lives Matter and all of that in the U.S. Uh, So that's definitely something I've been using Instagram for and also feeling a lot of guilt for not being there and like seeing a lot of my colleagues being out there and like really doing amazing work and... Yeah, it's 
trying to stay connected to what's happening over there. But it's been kind of an emotional roller coaster just watching it from afar, for sure. But that is something that like Instagram helps me with a lot, for sure. I have one final question, which is after you have left Bali, probably made a pit stop in New York, what is a trip that you would really like to take that you've been dreaming about taking that you're looking forward to potentially planning in the near future? I would love to go back to Senegal and surf there now when I'm a better surfer, for sure. Um, there's also a project that I'm working on in Sudan and I would love to be able to go back to continue working there. Yeah, I just miss the world a little bit. Um, but also on one side of my brain, I also think that like, I'm a part of the problem of like over traveling <laughs> and like that not being good for the environment. And like, I don't know, all these things I, is like something I'm processing and like trying to figure out. But I would love to just be on a surfboard in Senegal. That's for sure one of my dreams. Yeah. I love that. Um, if people want to keep up with your work, uh, where can they find you on the internet? So you can find me on Instagram. Um, I have a bit of a weird name. It's at M-A-L-I-N-F-E-Z-E-H-A-I, Malin Fezahai. Um, so yeah, I hope you follow along. You can find me at Oh Hey There Mayor. And me at Lale Hanna. And be sure to follow Women Who Travel and sign up for our newsletters. Links to both of those things will be in the show notes as well as Malin's Instagram. Be sure to check it out. Her work is stunning. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, host of Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. This week, with the help of Dan Adler and Olivia Nuzzi, we're going inside the media circus swirling around Donald Trump's criminal trial. People want coverage of Donald Trump. There are sort of shades of 2015, 2016. I found it to be a, a total break from the reaction to a lot of Trump coverage in the last two years. Join me, Brian Stelter, on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Listen wherever you get podcasts.